Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, you know, the big TV event, what did you think about The Last Dance with Michael Jordan that began on Sunday night? Is it about one season or his whole career? And why is it a 10-part series? Can we learn anything we don't know about MJ? And what will sports look like without fans in the stadiums? We've got all that to talk about and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Steve, before we get started, uh, some some notable uh, sad news, actually, in, in Tampa Bay uh, with a couple of deaths uh, recently uh, in no particular order. Uh, if you remember um, Jackie Riles, who was the, mm-hmm. the pillow lady, uh, has been around for a long time. Uh, she would sit outside Gate D, as a matter of fact, with a new stadium. She supersedes even going back you know, before that. At, uh, at Hoolahan's, but she would make pillows for players, coaches, media, a whole bunch of people. Um, she was in her 80s. She died of natural causes, I guess, over the weekend. The Bucks announced it, as a matter of fact. I mean, she'd become uh, a big part of that organization, in, in a sense, as a as sort of a super fan. Um, I don't, did you ever see her outside the uh, Raymond James there when you would go in and out? I, I had never seen her. I mean, I know the stories and seen the pictures yeah. and the articles over the years and that, but no, I had not mm-hmm. seen her myself. But I've seen a lot of the pillows. Uh, she was, and, and, and know what yeah. a super fan she is. Yeah, she's a cool lady, and um, and, and that that's sad for her. And her son was always out there with her, and so uh, that was some sad news. And then the other thing that uh, was a, took me by surprise was that uh, Frank Permuey, uh the longtime Gaither High School baseball coach, mm-hmm. um, he passed away. And he, man, talk about a guy that had an impact on so many lives as as, as a baseball man and a, and a great one in this area for years and years. Uh, was uh, also managed uh, Kevin Cash, I guess, at Gaither, right? Mm-hmm. That was his so prep coach, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he, he had a bunch of great players and that had moved on to the major leagues and other places. Um, Frank Permuey has done this so long that I played against him, not at Gaither. Um, I, I went to Dixie Hollins, but in, he used to coach, and I, I hope I think I get this post right because there was two of them in Tampa at the time. We, I played Legion Ball with my dad. Uh, who was the, who managed St. Petersburg Post 14. And um, we went to Tampa, and they had Post 248 and Post 111. I think he had Post 111. Um, but those those were those were legendary uh, games against guys that went to the big leagues and um, some of the talent that came out of Tampa. And, and for Mui, I'll just say this, that the greatest youth coach manager ever was my father. I mean, I would put that up. I mean, he, people may not remember him, but he was legendary in this area for like 30 years. You know, he came, he played here as a as a kid for the St. Pete Saints in the 50s, and he uh, worked at Florida Power and, and managed a ton of kids. And when he died, um, there were men there from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. I mean, it was really impressive. He passed away in 2004. Uh, and they all just talked about how, he, you know, they were on one team. Sometimes they were just on an all-star team, how he changed their life. 
Premui was the second guy that I used to compete against that had that same sort of uh, impact, um, and and it was just a great baseball guy. I mean, there are certain people in this area that have coached for a lot of years, but uh, Permui was a guy I remember from my day because his teams were always so competitive, and he was so good um, that outside of my father, I thought he was one of the best youth coaches I've ever seen, and uh, and that that turned out to be true because he did it longer than anybody. Um, so I. I uh, Feel bad for his family, obviously, but uh, what a legacy, right, with all the, all the kids that he helped uh, throughout the years. So wanted to mention those two as, as we start off. Also, uh, a little programming note, if you're into the Rays and you're nostalgic and you want to see how it all began, the Rays are going to air their first ever game from 1998, uh, and that's going to be at noon today and then 7 p.m. and also midnight tonight as well. Wilson Alvarez will be on the mound. His first pitch is a ball. <laughs> And uh, I think Richie Garcia might have been the umpire. But uh, I'll never forget. I mean, that was the biggest day, one of the biggest days in my life because I, I'm a lifelong, you know, grew up in St. Pete. Again, baseball family. It's all my dad did. He played for the Saints. He played for the one, you know, one of the, the first uh, professional baseball teams in St. Petersburg with the Saints. And, um, and that day for us as a family uh, was everything. It, it was just everything because – you spend your life in baseball in this area and, and all those false starts with the Giants and Seattle and the Twins and, you know, so on and so forth, the White Sox that were going to come here. And to see them actually um, play baseball, Major League Baseball, and St. Peter's be, become essentially a Major League city was 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 everything to, to my father, to my family. Now, he, he had gotten ill at that point. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he died like six years later, but, but he had had several heart attacks. He made it to the game, and I'll never forget this. My mom, they had seats in section 110. They sprung for season tickets, like they were going to go to every game. But unfortunately, his health wasn't good, and um, uh, it was a long walk, I guess, from wherever they parked. And uh, he he had a little bit of a of a diabetes going on and whatever, and so he he passed out. Like it was, they had to take him to the infirmary. So I look up there. I'm on the field because I'm covering the game, as everybody at the, at the then St. Pete Times was. And I look up and I see my mom is in her seat, but my dad's not. I'm like, oh, gosh, what has happened, you know? And then I came to find out um, that they had him in uh, first day. They gave him a little orange juice. He was fine. He watched the game. He sat up there and, and went, got through nine innings and didn't come to him anymore after that because, uh, you know, he's afraid that something may happen. But um, that was, a, you know, for, for a guy like him who, you know, sat behind home plate as a catcher, right, at Alling Field all those days back in the old Alling, um, for him to see that, to see the Rays play uh, special day, man. That, that was, that was really something. So uh, I'm going to be watching just to see if I can catch a glimpse of them up there behind home plate. But I know a lot of people will be nostalgic about, about seeing those games. All right, Tom Jones, my former radio partner joins me now. And uh, Tom, I'm sitting as we're uh, beginning to tape this podcast. And uh, this is a, this is a big thing. Wake the kids call the neighbors, but the last dance is on. Of course, the, uh, the 10-part series of Michael Jordan's career, I guess. No, 10-part. It said the last season. It's a 10-part about the last season. Wait, what? Yeah. It's not his whole life, like from cradle to now. It's it's about the last season. Now, I'm sure they're going to get into, like, former, you know, his, his growing up and all this. This is 10. It really, I'm, I'm all in, by the way. I'm all in on this. I'm looking oh, at my I'm Twitter. Big time. By the way, it's something, like you said, it's on now as we're taping this. So right. I haven't watched it yet. 
But I'm looking right. at my Twitter feed, okay? My top five trending things on Twitter right now for my feed. David Stern, Steve mm-hmm. Kerr, mm-hmm. Roy Williams, and mm-hmm. then hashtag The Last Dance. And then uh, another one's... And they're all part of The Last Dance. The other dance one's coronavirus. But, right. but it's... Seriously, are you in for 10 parts on Michael? Oh, yeah. O.J. Simpson wasn't 10 parts. That was like eight. <laughs> and that was his whole life. And it was a bad, pretty big story. I don't know if you heard. Yes. Yeah. It didn't end a, well. I know that. It and it's, Not for two people, about, anyway. And it's about race. And it's about his college career and his pro career and what happened and the murder and the trial. But, I mean, I'm this watching. I'm watching. 10 parts. Like, what, what's, what's part three? Uh, Tuesday night game against Indianapolis. They play in the Pacers <laughs> well, on Tuesday. First of all, let's be honest. Three. I mean, they say it's about the last dance. I guess that last dance means the last season. But at the right. end of the day, I mean, I'm watching clips from 1985. You know, I'm seeing yeah, him getting yeah, yeah. college basketball player of the year and, you know, um, uh, you know, and, and interviews with Dean Smith. I don't know. I mean, there's all there's all kinds of I'm sure. I'm like, sure they're getting older stuff. Yeah. But it just yeah. seems like 10. Seriously, 10 parts. On one, that's how starved we are for sports. By the way, too, people are are live tweeting it. I can't even look at my Twitter feed right now because people are live tweeting this thing like it's a, you know, like it's a Bucks game or a or a Stanley Cup final. Well, because game. we're starving for it. You're right. We're starving. Uh, it came for at a nice it. time. They've actually moved this up because yes. of the coronavirus. Saying they have a captive audience and they know people need this, and so I think it's great. Look, I mean, I will say this: Michael Jordan to me has always been one of those people I never felt I really knew. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like I know LeBron a lot better. You sure. know what I'm saying? Like, sure. and maybe it's just the era they play in with social media and, and whatnot. I, I knew Jordan as a competitor. I don't think there's a better – I think he's the greatest basketball player that ever played. We can get into that debate. I think you'll take LeBron. I'll take Jordan every day. But I think – It's hard to argue against Jordan. It really is. I get that. But, but I, do think that, I do think that there's something to be said for the fact that, you know – Jordan didn't share himself as much during his career and maybe because social media wasn't as prevalent or what whatnot, but there was, there was this mystique about him. You knew he was really hard on teammates, but you didn't get to hear it or see it very much other than on the court. And you didn't know a whole hell of a lot about his private life. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I'm not sure that I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I like Michael Jordan. Like not as right. like not as right. like I don't. We don't know these guys. You know, like sure. we don't know what they are. And I mean, he, I'm sure he's a fine human being. I'm not saying it like that. But just as like as an athlete, you know, yeah, you like guys mm-hmm. you don't like. I'm not sure I like Michael Jordan from the stories I hear about. Now, does that make him a great player? Absolutely. Yeah, I guess he even said going into this that a but lot of people, people are going to watch him. this and you're not going to like me. You know, yeah. because he is so competitive. And but I don't right. know. I think there's a way you could be. You could tell me that. Derek Brooks wasn't competitive. You gonna tell me that? that no, uh, he was. Vinny Lecavier wasn't competitive, or what? Or what? Peyton Manning. Or, but I mean, do you have to be sort of a? Let me ask you this, Rick. You've been around a lot of athletes. Do you have to be mm-hmm. kind of a to be a great leader and a great champion? Do you have to be kind of a kind of an a hole at times? You know, <laughs> you don't have to be. But I, I think like th- there are there are great champions, and then there are this level. You know what I'm saying? Like there was a time when Michael Jordan like was. I mean, who who was marketed, you know, Bo Jackson for a while and Michael were kind of at the same era. And then Bo's career, of course, went went awry because of the hip injury and things. But before Bo, you know, it was Bo Nose and Nike and that whole right. campaign. But Jordan and, and really Muhammad Ali were probably the, the two most recognizable athletes in the world at one point, right? I think, I think Jordan's name still shows up in terms of, like, yeah. most popular athletes. He's right, not, he hasn't and, played in however long, fifteen years. Right, ago. right. So I mean, I think I think because of that, 
you know, we felt like we, we just watched him for so long. And he did have some drama in his life. Look, is, is you know, I, I would this is one year. It wasn't this year, but I'm sure they'll get into the fact that his dad was murdered. Um, shortly after that, he tried, you know, baseball for, he was gone for 18 months, right? Came back a lot of conspiracy theories too. About a lot of things about his gambling, gambling and that might, yeah. they might get into that a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see it because I, I, like I said, he's not a guy. I do think that if, if you're, I think driven is the word that comes to mind with, with superstar sort of champion athletes like Peyton Manning was driven, right? Right. I know he only won two Super Bowls, and thank God he won the second one because he didn't think he was a very good quarterback until he did. But I, I do think that like there are certain people who, who and, and this is going to be proven out in this series, I think, that he was an a-hole to so many of his teammates, but he drove these guys. And outside of Scottie Pippen, who might be the greatest number two basketball player on any team in history, right? Mm-hmm. The other dudes were just guys, man. Yeah. They just yeah. all had roles to play, you know? Yeah, Bill Cartwright, Dennis Rodman, Dennis like Rodman Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr and, you know, Paxton. Paxton I mean, yep, yep. yeah, I mean, he got a lot out of, out of, you know, and he got them all to play their roles and he instilled confidence in them and, you know, and they all seemed to came, come through in the clutch and stuff. But he, he was the, um, you know, he was sort of the center of that. That's what I want to see. And it's funny, we, we were talking, you were just talking a moment ago about great these driven leaders and certainly you would have to put tom brady up there and that's what absolutely. I'm curious absolutely to really watch to see how this goes because i think there's also a part of brady i know we've talked about brady ad nauseum but you almost wonder if like when you talk about jordan like phil jackson gets credit but let's face it that was jordan's team and when you talk about peyton manning like tony dungy gets credit but let's face it that we talk about peyton manning but when you talk about brady it's like he has to share it with Belichick, you know? Right. And so right. you wonder if there's, again, we go back to why did he leave? Why is he here? Why did, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if there's a part of that, hey, I want to be, I want to be considered LeBron. I want to be, con- nobody talks about who, I don't even know who the coaches were when LeBron won titles. Eric Spolstra right. in Miami. I mean, he's right. Ty Lue. I get it. Decent coaches <laughs> and all, but nobody, nobody walks around talking like Eric Spolstra is the greatest coach of all time. He talks about Ty Lue being the greatest coach. They but do now, talk about Phil Jackson. Well, we do. We do. But, I mean, yeah. a lot of people also, too, like Phil Jackson went on to L.A. And to Laker great, greatness where he had other great players. Great Phil players Jackson was a smart coach. He knew where to find his superstars. Exactly. Well, Scotty Bowman, same thing in the NHL. But here's the thing. Exactly. Like, when you talk about Brady, like, it's always, yeah, Brady, what a great quarterback. Oh, he had a good coach, too. You know, he always has yeah. to share it with He somebody. does. And yeah. to answer your question, I think there is undoubtedly – a desire of Brady to prove that he can do it with or without Bill Belichick. I don't think there's any question about that. Right. And I don't care. I don't care who disagrees with me about it. I think, and I'm not saying that's why he left new England. I think he left new England because frankly, they wouldn't guarantee him more than last year. And he knew at the start of the year, as he told Howard Stern that, you know, this is, this is going to be my last year in all probability. He fought for, to become a free agent and by God, he was going to try to pick a place where he thought he could still win. And I think he, I think he definitely wants to win a championship Without Bill Belichick. Now, you know, how much Belichick is driven, who who knows, right? But he did say, and I think this is true too, like Brady can't do Belichick's job. And Belichick sure as hell can't do Brady's. Right. Right? So no matter what, whatever you think about the two of them, they couldn't have won without each other, right? They, wouldn't have gonna, they weren't going to win six Super Bowls and go to nine Super Bowls unless one had the other, I don't think. No, I, I I'm not agree. saying they wouldn't have gotten there, but we know, we know what Belichick was in Cleveland, right? I mean, right. he was just, you know, 
just very, very average or below. And he had a hell of a staff, including Nick Saban and people like this. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he'd have turned around Cleveland if he'd been given a chance. But he didn't win championships there. Um, so, that's yeah, I, I, that's just a big part of Brady. And I do think that what you hear about Brady, and I hope we get to see this up close, what you hear about Brady is is that when he comes in, he's hard on everybody. Like not in a, not in a Jordan sense. Like Jordan would just you know, <laughs> Jordan would punch guys. Yeah, he just like mf them and whatever. Right. But like when you when you talk about Brady, like I think I think he holds guys. You see him you see him screaming at players. You know what I mean? Yeah. You see the standard that he holds guys to, and and I think he can do it because he's accomplished things. You know, Jameis wanted to win as as bad as anybody. You know, I think Jameis was a great competitor. But if you haven't done it, if you haven't won, it's really hard to tell guys what to do. Right. It's even at quarterback position. Like, he won a national championship as a college, you know, in college, and he won the Heisman Trophy. But when he got to the NFL, he never really won. He won one season in nine and seven. So it's really hard. And I think guys like Jameis, I think they would follow Jameis. Um, but he still lacked, you know, having done it. And... um you know, and, and I also think too, like, you know, Jordan. I mean, Jordan had Phil Jackson, which I think you got to have these kind of coaches that can manage these egos too. Oh yeah, no, he played for you Doug know? Collins and didn't, and they didn't win a championship. Right, I, I realized it was they had better players later on, but but like is Scotty Bowman the greatest NHL coach of all time? Yeah, he is clearly, but I mean, he had who did he the, have? The pl- I mean, in Montreal, with. he had Guy Lafleur and like the the great Canadians yeah. teams, and then he went to Pittsburgh and he had. Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager and won a championship there. Then he went to Detroit and he had Steve Eiserman and Nicholas Lidstrom. I mean, he, he, he I mean, I get, and that's what, I guess that's the way it works, right? You got to have great players. You got to have great, great players coach. to be right. a good coach. But exactly. I still think that, you know, a lot of times, and Belichick got overlooked for coach of the year all the time, and all he did was win Super Bowls. But I do think there's something to be said about managing these egos. It can't be easy to coach Michael Jordan. No. Right? There can't be a lot easy about I mean, winning is easy. You know what I mean? Like he freaking scores 50 points a night. But it can't be easy. And then you got characters that he, you know, like Dennis Rodman. And how did he pull all these guys together? How did right. he get Scottie Pippen to play? To play know, a secondary role, yeah. Batman to his, you know, sure. to Robin his. To uh, Batman, yeah. Or Robin to Batman, yeah. Right, right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, here's the question. ESPN showing the two versions, R-rated right. on ESPN. With yep. the swear words and all that, mm-hmm. and then ESPN two has the words bleeped out. So, yeah, I think I know where you're headed. Right, you're heading to the regular um, ESPN. Oh yeah, all all day. Yeah, what if your kids I, walk in the room? You know, it's nothing they haven't heard. I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, come on, Tom. You know me. It's, I can get a little colorful. Nothing once in they a haven't while. heard, and if they if they hadn't heard it before coronavirus, <laughs> they certainly have heard it since. That's all right. that. Well, I think you were on the phone one day. They might have heard it um, <laughs> when they started crying. But That's yeah, right. no. I mean, in my house, look, I, I I apologize for that. I mean, I try to watch it around my kids, but it's hard to do sometimes. And and uh, yeah, I mean, plus from what I understand, like you all you would hear is bleeps after a while, right? You know that this series is going to be full of a of a, you know some. See, some I have an idea words. about this thing now. This gave this sparked me to have an idea. Okay, so and I'm sure we'll get into this in a, in a minute here, or maybe now's the time. So we're going to talk yeah. about what sports is like. Right. You know when are we ever going to have sports again, or how soon yeah. will we have sports like, again? Hopefully. And and you know, there's a lot of talk about at first, and at least for a while, we may have games in front of with no fans. 
and mm-hmm. how's that going to what's that experience going to be like for the viewer as we watch games and there's is it mm-hmm. going to be weird is it going to be weird not hearing crowd and not not mm-hmm. you know and i'm saying what if and i i don't know what's what networks you could do this with is what if we mic'd up the players you know and and go ahead boys All let it them? fly let it well whoever not nah, pick out like a certain few or pick out the let the referee wear. What are you going to do about the? Uh, you got a seven second delay on this? Is it like radio? When when I, I used to have I hit I the s- dump button all the time when you started no. swearing. What do you mean? I'm saying, let it go. No, like <laughs> I I said this room? all like remember, oh, remember. So maybe you do like the ESPN is doing. ESPN one is is doing the unabridged yeah. version, and then ESPN two has a blacked out or the edited version. You know, yeah, like so with with um what the show, what the hard knocks. Okay, hard knocks yeah. was on HBO, yeah. and then they also had like the. The one they for um, for hockey, like the yeah. the lead up to the Winter Classic or whatever. Yeah. And the best parts of those shows, I don't think anybody would disagree. The best parts of those shows are hearing a coach light up a team and dropping eighteen f bombs, and you know, and players <laughs> during game, and then in the NHL, like listen to players trash talk each other. And I've always said the NHL, the NHL should should have strike a deal with Showtime or HBO or Netflix or somebody like that and say we're going to show one game a week behind the those, scenes, all mic'd up. And it's all mic'd up. And maybe you show it on a tape delay. Yeah, maybe you show it later that night. Or but I think it would be it I think you're gonna I think they have to look for reasons or re or ways, Rick, to re to enhance the viewer experience if we're gonna have no fans for a while. Well does does the NHL I mean they do mic'd up, right? Do they have a mic'd up segment on any of their uh Yeah, they do, but, they, but they it's they clean it up? Yeah. I mean like 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 NBC they try, but it's kinda like, all right, let's go. You know, here's or sounds of the game or whatever. And all you hear is yeah. like, get it deep. Hey, good good job, boys. <laughs> all right. It's hey, right. nice. Way to go. Skate, yeah, skate, 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 skate. Up, up, up. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. What is that? Like, I'm, that's awful. It's hockey, man. I know, Wait, but it's They like, don't wanna, trash talk in hockey. I, They're I skating. Wanna, I want to hear like, enough when guys are breath. punching each other in front of the net, and then, oh, what, well, yeah, and then all of a sudden the trash talking gets underway. I've heard some – like if you is go there on, good – seriously, oh, is there a lot of trash talking yeah. in hockey? Oh, it's great. It's yeah. great. It's like just – I mean – It's the, Canadian though, right? It's, I mean, well, it's like no, Canadian it's, trash talking. No, it's it's F-bombs like you can't believe. You want to go, eh? No, it's F-bombs like you can't believe, and it's – Really? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's good, but anyway, that's, so that's my. I think it's going to be weird though. Now let's let's let me if I can ask you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk ask me anything. Like coronavirus, yeah. like, what's your gut tell you, Rick? Are, are we playing games anytime soon? I don't know what define soon. You mean in my lifetime uh, or before will there be New ba- Year's? Will there be a baseball season? Let's start there. I'm not sure um, because, as you know, uh, they have. Well, Major League Baseball has, 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 you know, pretty much come out and said they can stop paying these guys. I mean, they worked out a, a thing with the Players Association. Um, but everybody else, like the scouts and everybody uh, at this point, could be furloughed. So that's not a good sign, number one. Number two, and I think I saw Rob Manfred say this, is that, you know, we got a lot of ideas. Oh, we got ideas. You know, some involve Arizona, some involve, you know, Biosphere and Florida, some, you know, but we got no idea how we would do this. And when I heard Clayton Kershaw come out and say, I ain't leaving my family for four and a half months. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm not doing it. Well, Clayton can do that. He's making a ton of money. <laughs> well, you know. Well, there's a lot of guys that make money in baseball. But, right. I'm, but still. But if, I mean, like, like, I mean, but if you're, say, uh, I'm trying to think of a name, Tyler Glass now. Yeah. You know, 
I don't know. Do you walk away from whatever money he's making? And it's no, I don't. I think it would be very hard to walk away from it. And I think it's going to come down to well, you signed a contract, but they got to negotiate something with the players' union because the contract they signed didn't say I was going to live in a hotel in Arizona for four months. Right. True. You know, granted, you these are every day. Yeah, these are rare times, but you're still going to have to negotiate something. And and I still don't see how any of these sports are going to occur until there's enough sufficient testing. Now I'm also not naive enough to think that. You know, if if an NFL team needs a hundred tests tomorrow, they're going to get it. You know, somehow, some way, and right. probably before the general public. But that said, I just, I mean, I look at this thing and I go, you know, <clears throat> first and foremost, I don't, I don't know how you have fans in a in a stadium. I have heard talk, and I've said this before on the podcast, like these stadiums are equipped though with you know separate quarters for say a sky suite. Right, like you can get yeah. sixteen people. Well, if they're your sixteen people, say you're from corporation, you're sure. from the Tampa Bay Times, right? Well, then you assume the risk for those sixteen people, right? We might we might take your temperature or whatever, but like, you know, it's sort of like a family unit, right? You're you're separated by glass. You're not going to come in contact with a lot of people, whatever. To think that we're going to put sixty thousand people or thirty thousand people separated by four seats each—that's absurd. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. That's not right. going to happen because there's too many common areas that would be too crowded. You couldn't do it. You just simply couldn't do it. So, I mean, I do know. I do think this. I don't think there's going to be a preseason for sure. For football, um, you're talking I, about. For football, yeah. And I think if they – you know, football players, though, like for training camp and stuff, are used to being sort of separated. So right. they have been, you know, put in hotels for training camp. And, you know, it's not – I mean – not as restrictive as it would become, but they've they've gone away to training camp. They've done these things for three weeks or so. Um, but when they start the season, I mean, you know, I, I don't. You're going to have to stay on the guys and have real time testing. And then I don't think I, I don't think you can play with fans. I don't I don't know how you can have that stadium. Like I said, maybe there's some some way to do it with club seats or sky suites. But after that, um, I, I think when we see the schedule comes out next month or later, I guess in May. I think what you'll see is that all the division games will be pushed back to the end, and you'll see home and away, home and away for each team. You think the they're messing with weeks. the schedule right now? Absolutely. No, they're going to they're going to they're going to probably come out with it, but I think they're going to do it in such a way that we can lop off two games. You know, in other words, hey, we can't start the season September or whatever it's going to be ninth or eleventh yeah. or whatever. So we're going to lop off the first two games because you can't just lop off one week, right? Somebody's home, somebody's away. So. You lop off two weeks. Now we're playing a 14-game schedule. Now we're playing a 12-game schedule. I think that's what you're going to see, and that's going to be front-loaded with non-division games, home and away, home and away for each team. And so, you know, maybe an abbreviated season if we don't have, you know, uh, a vaccine. Um, but maybe, maybe, maybe not. I mean, their intention is to play in front of fans. I just, I can't imagine. See, and I look, it's April. It's April twentieth or whatever. yeah, we're way early, but and I'm it's still... way early. We could something could happen in the next few weeks where all of a sudden, you know, right? I mean, I didn't think two but weeks what ago would we'd, happen. We'd be well, 
we could have massive testing all of a sudden, or we could have somebody, I don't know, by miracle, have some sort of vaccine. Um, but my thing is if we can't do it the way we've always done it, I don't think we should do it. And I, what? and yeah, I mean, if we're not going to have like games, so if where, you're not going to have fans in the stands, you wouldn't watch NFL. You don't think that's a good product on TV. My thing is, I don't know how you can, how you can, even without fans, if, if we say we bring the, t- the teams back, okay, the Bucks are set to play the Carolina Panthers on mm-hmm. Sunday, and mm-hmm. they test those players Sunday morning, and two mm-hmm. Bucks have it. Now what? Are we yeah, shutting that, like those two guys can't play, or now the whole team can't play? Well, and that's that's the thing, because they're going to go out there and bang helmets and, and swat swap uh, droplets with the Carolina Panthers. Right, and they just and went through a walkthrough with their teammates days. the day before. Right, you know? or they practiced all week. Or practiced or what all week. And when did they have, and when did, when was their last negative test? But see, but that's the thing. And that's the thing about, about this biosphere you got to create. Okay. So once you test everybody and you get your hundred people, your, your whatever, 50 something players, 60 something players, plus your coaches, plus your, what your equipment guys, whatever. Once you get those hundred people and you get them in, in a hermetically sealed hotel, um, where they're only in contact with each other. In other words, they can't, they can't be with their families. They can't be with, other people, they have to stay together. I know, but somebody's bringing the, food in there. Somebody's bringing like cleaning their rooms. Somebody's granted, granted, that's laundry. true. Like, but they're know, gonna, like, again, they're going to have to. They're going to have to have those people regularly checked as well. I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I think you create you can create this sterile environment or as sterile as you. But you raise a great question because at some point, if somebody's exposed to it and they're asymptomatic, and you find out that the whole team. Then how are they going to go compete against the other team? And then now both teams are affected by a pandemic. And right. what do you got? So yeah, and then all of a sudden you have I, a, I don't know. okay, the Bucks don't play again this year because they've tested right. positive two weeks right. in a row. So uh, what yeah. have you done to your? And that's season, what I'm saying. Right? Like until we get to the point where we can say, okay, you know what, we're just gonna uh, like life is kind of back to normal. But that's uh, that's know. vaccine. And I, and you're talking about January. That no, can't happen in the well, NFL. It could be January 2022. But for all I know, but my yeah. and my thing is, look, I get it. It's easy for me to sit here and say. Okay, no sports for two years. That's you know no big deal for me. Look, Are I found crazy? out, Rick, that I could I could live without it. I mean, I found what? that I can. Yeah, what not, are you doing? Okay, forever. what are you? What is your go to now? What are you doing? Say when you have downtime, and I got. I mean, I know right. you're big judge. No, I'm very fan, lucky. Let's be I'm very lucky that I still have a job and that I'm working as much now, if not more, than I was before. Grant, so am I. I'm still, I'm <laughs> so working, am I. Yeah, I'm writing. You know, I'm watching yeah. TV and news and right. reading stuff. I'm. You know, 12, 14 hours a day like I was before. Um, at night when I do have a little bit of free time, I start watching The Wire. I had never seen The Wire. on it. Have you, have you watched The Wire on HBO? I have not. And, and it's about uh, the prison system, right, in Baltimore? No, no, no. This one's about uh, – and that's what I thought it was. That's how – see, I'm like you. I was so I have no clue up. what The Wire is about. So The Wire was written by a guy who was – and I'm sure a lot of people are just who have already seen it are going to go, oh, no, I'm going to get a wire lesson from a guy that's never seen it. But I watched the first six or seven episodes. It's, it was actually written by the cops reporter at the Baltimore Sun. Oh, um, wow. And he, uh, it's a story of, of the cops and uh, a, the local drug, um, basically, dealers in Baltimore. And it okay. follows up the, the cops as they try to catch these guys. And the drug dealers is how they try not to get caught and how they go about their business. And so oh, I got you. Like I said, I'm like seven or eight episodes in. Um, to this, Good, it's phenomenal. Right? It's phenomenal. Yeah. It's got no. I only got like fifty more episodes to go because it was on for like six years. Six now, years. how do you feel about Baltimore? Oh, I don't. You know, 
You want to live there? Well, I, it's, I'm sure you could have done that show everywhere. I'm sure you could do that show in Tampa. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you yeah. To. Sure. But here's the thing. Like, okay, do I want to live without sports forever? No. But, I mean, this is a nice diversion. I'll watch, I'll watch The Last Dance. I'll watch um, The Wire. I'll catch up on other things. Now, my point is I don't need sports tomorrow. Like, I'm fine. I can live without I do. it. I don't, not forever. But, I hear, but, I, but I'm also not naive to say, Rick, that I'm clue you just, in. I'm a sports writer. No, I, that's right. And look, I'll make this simple for you. No, and I'm, and it's easy for me to sit there. A lot easier for people to sit there and say, "Oh, screw it." Like college yeah. football. Why are we going to have? We're talking about college football. Well, Why have now, it? Well, now, now you're talking you, about billions of dollars, and you're yeah. talking about a university functions in part because of that right. money. That's and that's true. what I'm saying. Like, so I get it. Like the rush to want to get back, to rush to have some sort of product. Yeah. I'm, it doesn't. Ultimately, does my life really that negatively impacted if there's no sports? No, it stinks, but I can survive. Some universities really? won't be able to. Yeah, not forever. Like if you told me, if you told me this, no sports until next baseball season, like a year from now, you, you could make it. I could make if you told me that once we get to that point, everything that's going to be normal. It's going to be normal. You can go to the games if you want. Right. You can, it's all the games are going to be, everything's going to be back to normal. If you told me that, I could live with it. Now, if you told, if you're telling me now, like, there'll be no sports for the next five years, then I'd be like, okay, that, that's a problem. But see, that's what I think this whole thing is, is, is freaking people out is that we have no answers and we don't know what the future is going to be. We think that there will be a day, a sunnier day down the road where we'll be able to sit together in a stadium side by side, shoulder to shoulder, like we always did, right? I mean that's what we think, um, but I I don't know that that I don't I don't know what sports is going to look like overall. I don't know what the world is going to look like. I do think we'll have them. I think there's going to be. You know what's funny is that for years and years sports has competed with the TV product, and it may turn out that the TV product is what we're going to be selling, right? Oh, it's, oh absolutely. That yeah. that and I I've talked to people in organizations that have told me. Hey, whatever the next stadium that's built, you know, they built this monstrosity in LA, right? right. It was the it was sort of the NFL stadium. Talk about a bad timing, huh? You've got okay. two teams in LA that are supposed to open that stadium and no one will be at the games if they play at all in California, which is another issue. But isn't it interesting that for years and years it's like, you know, the NFL has competed against the home experience, right? Well, now I think and they've always tried to bring that to to the stadium and then some, try to create something in additional to you can have you know you can have your TVs, you can have your lounges, you can have air conditioning, you can have fantasy football, but oh yeah, there's a real game going on down here and we got to make that worthwhile. Now, I I see I see it being the WWF or what I see very small stadiums in all sports. I see, you know, more of the club sections sky I see them pricing out the average fan because I don't think I'm not saying the owners will make less money by filling those ballparks. I'm just saying they're going to do it a different way. Yeah, it's going to be elitist. No, you're right, man. You know and, and most pro sports, when you're talking about baseball and football, yeah, they they like the the gate. You know, right. people coming to games, right. but they don't live off of that. I no. think where it's going to college really, does though. That's right, and that's where we're really going to see. I yeah. think the real pressure to get things back to normal right. is going to come from college. We've already seen it. We've seen people like Mike Gundy and Dabo Sweeney. Already yeah. pushing because they realize what kind of money is at stake here yeah. to get back to playing. They're including their salaries, including their salaries, absolutely. Yeah. So, and look, this is—I mean, it's—it's it's a mess in terms of recruiting, and you know, your boy up in Wisconsin, Barry Alvarez, making decisions on 
you know, guys, not uh, athletes, men and women, not being able to come back for their senior year. If this is their senior year, um, <laughs> what's boy? <laughs> that's your boy. You like yeah. your Wisconsin Bear. guy. Yeah, your wife's a Wisconsin guy. I got a so, helmet. Got a helmet in my uh, room over here. Yeah. Though, so I mean, I, I realize the money that's at stake. I realize the issues that are at stake here, and so it's it's it's. I know it's easy for me to sit there and say, oh, okay, well, I'll just keep watching the wire until games come back, but you know, I I know that. There's a lot involved here. I just, boy, especially when it comes to college football too, Rick. I just don't. We're talking about a hundred thousand people coming into a state. I mean, can you imagine a swamp. Like let's no. jam eighty thousand people in there or state well, college. Well, and, and furthermore, I can't imagine. 000? You know, we talked about the NFL or the MLB. You know, quarantining guys. Hey, newsflash: you can't do it with with college athletes because if the campuses aren't open, how the hell? What are you saying? This is pro sports. How are you going to take? college students when there's no studying to be done in other words the campuses aren't open so how are you going to have games like that that i if you can figure to if you figure out to me how the colleges are going to do this because i don't think you're going to see sports until there's a vaccine in college well and, the co- and think I'm, about the loss of revenue there now you're going to have soccer you know how soccer is not a revenue producing sport right baseball in some cases track and field uh lacrosse you name it swimming Mm-hmm. Gymnastics. Guess what's not going to be supported anymore? Oh yeah, those are the forget sports. about it. Wrestling, yeah, yeah all that. Forget about yeah. it. Yeah, it's all based. It's all. I mean, it's, I mean, I think there's going to be some programs, Rick, that if there's no football, they're going to have a hard time with their basketball program, like know? Florida State. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think a lot of revenue. I mean, the Florida or, State, the Florida State Chancellor, I think, said, you know, God help us if there's no football. Right. Absolutely. And. You're going to start seeing it filter down to, to to lower levels of you know where your mid majors. I mean, look at USF. I mean, how much money does their football program? Even though they don't get a huge attendance, I'm sure football brings in. I don't money. know. I mean, it's I don't want to say anything that's wrong, but my guess would be well over fifty percent of their athletic revenue comes from football. Oh sure. Well over. Oh sure. You're probably, oh, I don't yeah. know. I'm. It's, that's probably true of almost any college. But right. Um, but I I don't know I just don't I just don't see how it's going to happen I just don't see now I realized colleges could open like universities could actually open classrooms you have instead of having you know thirty kids in a class you have fifteen and you you but again I'm, I'm, we're going to mix hundreds of and I don't this idea of well maybe the Big Ten will play but the like the Pac twelve won't or maybe the ACC will but the SEC won't like de- depending on what parts of the country you live in it's I don't know, and may, I hope I'm wrong about all this. I hopefully that by the end of the summer, this thing is we've really flattened the curve and we're coming down, and and there's a reasonable risk that doesn't seem so unreasonable as far as getting right. out and being in public, and we can have seasons and we can have games. I hope it happens. I just, you know, and to me, the big test will be like next Olympic, like Olympics. Can you imagine the Olympics? No, a year for even a year. Oh, from by the way, the they're they're in China, Japan, right? Japan, China, Japan. Japan. Oh, it's, Japan. it's in Japan, but I'm but you but I don't care where it is. You have people all over the world coming to this thing, and yeah. everybody's having, you know, what's going on in Italy now is what's different than going on here to what's going on in South Korea and what's going on in China. Like, yeah. it's who knows? Like, there, I just don't know. I just don't see a scenario. Think about which, the Olympics. You could, I mean, they moved that back. I don't know how many times you could do that. Obviously, they're they're played. You know, every every four years. But um, I'm less concerned. I'm like, the more immediate thing is colleges, right? Like I feel, Tom. There's nobody I feel worse for. Like I try to put myself in this place. Like I get, used to get mad, and when I say mad, I mean like visibly upset when there was a rain out during baseball season, like a rain out. 
rain. You live in Florida. It's going to get rained out, right? My senior year, if we had a rain, I was I was just miserable. Like, I can't believe we can't play today. You know, that kind of thing. Can't imagine what these kids are going through. And I'm telling you, to be a, an athlete in your in your senior year of anything, right, it's just special. And and to have a team and teammates that you played with and now you're all seniors, these kids are not going to get to play. And it's a travesty. It's it's nothing nobody could do. Nobody can anticipate as a 100-year pandemic. I get all that. I absolutely hurt for them because I know what they're missing and they'll never get it back. And in some instances, and this is true with me too, by the way, if I hadn't played my senior year, I'm not sure I get a college scholarship to play anything. You know what? And I'm not sure I go to college. You exactly, you hit on it right there, Rick. You're talking about not only high school seniors who are going to miss out. I'll take it a step further. I wonder, and it's probably not many, but let's say there's two, two guys right, who would have played college baseball this year, who would have absolutely tore it up, who were not even like mid-level prospects, not even on anybody's radar, and had this tremendous year and end up Mm -hmm. getting drafted and having Mm -hmm. major league careers. That's life-changing. Changes their life. It's life-changing. That's so not going to So is getting though. a college scholarship. I mean, it's as simple sure as one is. year. Like one year, your senior year. Like the growth between my junior and senior year in baseball was enormous, right? And so essentially that led to two years at, at, at a junior college where we had like nine guys driving. It was a good school at St. Pete Junior College at the time. Good and then two years program, at Arkansas yeah. State. I got four years paid where my – I assure you, my parents were not paying for college, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know that I I don't know that I graduate. My life is totally different, right? Right. And and so that's that's what's at stake here for some of these kids. Now, some of them that are already know where they're going and they've already got scholarships, they're going to go and enroll early and and look forward to you know they have to put this behind them somehow and look forward to their next you know the next time they play, which will be we hope sometime next spring. But but for the ones that that missed out on on this year and even for that matter. How about just your senior year, right? I mean, our kids haven't been in school since March 13th. It was Friday the 13th, by the way. Mm. Not, not that, that you know, I've had you know, bad luck with that. But the last time kids were in school in Hillsborough County was Friday the 13th. And if you're a senior, you don't get to go to the prom. Yeah, I know my wife, about was, doing my this wife in mentioned the prom sometime. today, yeah. yeah. What about graduation? That day, I'll remember that day like vividly, right? Sure. I remember everything that happened that day. Good and bad. Um, I just can't imagine that that the parents, the the families, um, you know, and and they might do something this summer, and maybe, you know, maybe God willing that um, you know something happens where they can they can have some sort, but it won't be what we all got to experience. It really, I feel bad for them. I, I have a, the guy who uh, had, who had, cleans my pool has his own pool business. Uh, good mm-hmm. dude, and his daughter is a softball player at Admiral Farragut where my wife works. Right. And, uh, and they now she's been a part of two. They've had back-to-back state champions in softball. They're going for their third. They're the favorite. They would have been a favorite to win it again this year. Now I realize, like, oh, she's won two. She's not going to get a chance to win three. But I think it would have made some sort of history. But here's the other thing. She's a senior. This is her. This would have been her senior year. Could have won another state championship. She is going to college. She's going to some – I wish I could remember which school. Small school in – I want to say Georgia somewhere Mm -hmm. and to play softball. But now she may not play right away or might have Mm -hmm. to wait a while because those kids have seniors who are supposed to graduate out who are now coming back for another season because they had their year of eligibility, which I understand the the, the ripple effects from all of this is just, Mm -hmm. is just incredible. And again, what, what can you do? I mean, 
ultimately we, the thing is like everybody's trying to make the best decision here in terms of saving lives, you know, I mean, 40,000 people in this country have died from this thing. This as of so now. far. Mm. And if all of a sudden we turn, you know, we, we jump back too soon and say, okay, a hundred thousand people go to, go to uh, Tennessee and watch Tennessee play Florida. You know, <laughs> what are we risking here? So, mm-hmm. but if they don't, you know, economically, what does that do? I, I get the economic part of this too. I really do. So. Oh, it's huge, and I and I know why people have cabin fever, and I get all of that. And uh, the biggest thing is that we don't want to have to do this again. So I th- still think that we're mitigating it if you're staying home. But if you don't have a job, it's easy for me to say right. I still have an income. Exactly. My wife still has an income. It's a totally different ball of wax. I mean, look, uh, a lot of athletes, owners, different people, uh, you know, Glazers, uh, Benick, all these people, they they put in a lot of money and, and tried to buy meals. I mean, something as simple as meals, right? You think you think that that for the rest of your life, so if you have kids, you, well, you'll, of course you'll put food on the table, right? Well, guess what? If the choice is the mortgage or the car payment, how am I getting food for my kids? Right. And so you see, like, you know, these different various charities and, and, and you know, the, the meals that are being bought, um, and they're needed. And, you know, I live up here in Lutz, and I'm here to tell you there are people – driving really nice cars to the school to pick up lunch, right? Sure. And they need it because they may have lost a job or maybe both jobs. And, you know, they've got, they've got bills and, and, and they're, you never thought that these people were, that were probably giving to charity, you know, last year are now having to, having to take, you know, eggs and deli meat and sandwiches and pizza and whatever they can to help feed their family. And if you didn't get enough of Tom Jones, don't worry. He's going to be back tomorrow. That's right. Rick and Tom, two days in a row. How lucky can you guys be? Uh, So we'll have more of Tom Jones on uh, Tuesday's show. And also the draft just three days away. Boy, that's going to be a big one for the Bucs. We'll tell you why this is such an important one, not just for them, but also for Tom Brady. And we're going to have a mailbag for Wednesday's show. So get your questions in now. You can do that by emailing your questions to us uh, on Twitter at SportsDate. We wouldn't email them. You just put them on Twitter at SportsDateTV. That's our Twitter uh, handle. Mine is uh, at NFL Stroud. You can do it there as well. Or you can email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.